Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, March 29th. Coming up... Hundreds of people waited in line for hours in Kansas City last weekend for a chance to get a housing voucher. So why did most of them walk away empty-handed? Plus, families on Medicaid can face denials or long waits for medical equipment like wheelchairs and walkers. Sometimes it's because of red tape between Medicaid and private insurers. It'd be nice if they just talk to each other and say, hey, we're not going to cover this, so will you? We'll hear about the bureaucratic dead zones Kansas parents find themselves in when trying to get their children medical equipment. But first, some headlines. The Kansas City Police Department says there have been 39 homicides so far this year. That's up from 34 at this time last year. Non-fatal shootings are also up, 14 percent since last year. KCPD Deputy Chief Luis Ortiz says he doesn't see any patterns in who's responsible. We have some groups that are fighting with each other, feuding with each other, but that's not necessarily where all the crime is coming from. We have random acts of violence throughout the city. KCPD Chief Stacy Graves announced yesterday she's changing the department's violent crime division to bring back the missing persons squad. It was disbanded more than a year ago by then-Chief Rick Smith. A bill that would allow students in Missouri to enroll outside their school districts has reached the state Senate. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. The bill approved by the Missouri House earlier this month would allow up to 3 percent of a school population to transfer out. Critics are concerned that could defund already struggling districts. State Representative Brad Pollitt is a Republican from Sedalia. He says the bill would let taxpayers decide how they want their school district to look. The taxpayers of that district have that power in this bill. And if every year 3% of those folks want to leave a district, then um, why are we holding them captive in that district? If the bill passes, transfers will begin in the 2024-2025 school year. Kansas lawmakers could approve a controversial bill aimed at expanding child care access this week, sending it to the governor for consideration. The proposal would allow child care centers to take in more kids with the same amount of staff. Opponents of the change say that puts kids in danger. Republican Senator Chase Blasey of Sedgwick County says due to high demand, child care for two kids would cost more than his mortgage. He says removing regulations will address the shortage. The childcare crisis affects all demographics. This shouldn't be a partisan issue. This should be an issue that we can all work together to address. Multiple proposals are in the mix, but they all face a possible veto from Democratic Governor Laura Kelly. Her administration is hoping to create a new state agency to address this issue. We'll be back after this. Back in 1908, Kansas City biscuit businessman Jacob Luce was locked into a bitter rivalry with Nabisco when he had this idea for a chocolate sandwich cookie, unlike anything on the market. The Hydrox had this like really elaborate laurel wreath and this really elaborate font. It was like a very baroque sort of cookie. How Kansas City created the original Oreo. That's on the podcast, A People's History of Kansas City.
Hundreds of people showed up at the Clymer Community Center on Saturday, hoping to get a voucher from the Housing Authority of Kansas City. Thousands of people had gotten a letter from the Housing Authority offering them vouchers if they showed up in person. But the line moved so slowly that most of them were turned away, even after waiting for hours. KCUR reporters Salisa Kalakal and Carlos Moreno talked to people who were there. Carlos told me it was a chaotic situation that left people frustrated and confused, and he still hasn't gotten an explanation or comment from the housing authority. So what are these vouchers and how do they work? These are called home choice vouchers. It's what people typically call Section 8 vouchers. So these allow people, uh, low-income, elderly, disabled, to rent in the private market. So instead of just subsidized housing, they can go to anybody who's renting a home or, or an apartment, and they're able to use these vouchers to rent that space. Why did so many people show up at the Housing Authority this weekend? There were thousands of people who received these notices saying that they were to spo- they were supposed to show up at an appointed time, either 9 a.m. or 1 p.m. on this particular Saturday. These are people who have been on the waiting list for these vouchers for a long, some for a very long time, others not as long. So you had a lot of people, some people who were there had been on the list for several years. Some people had just got on the list. But you had all these people who were wanting to get their vouchers. So were all of these people from Kansas City or were they from other places? No, many of these people came from other places. Uh, The two two women I spoke with, one came all the way from St. Louis. She woke up at four o'clock to drive all the way here. Another woman I spoke with came from Columbia, but she split her time between Columbia and Kansas City. Most were from Kansas City, but people came from all over Missouri. What was these people's experience like waiting in line? The people showed up very early. Some there as early as 8 o'clock or 8.30 to get in line for their 9 o'clock appointment. The lines were already long when people started showing up. And people were told to expect to wait three to four hours and where they were told not to bring children because they knew the wait was going to be long to do the screening process. And some people started waiting longer than they expected and people started getting anxious and upset and nervous. And one man even pulled a gun while they were standing in line. And Cece James had been in line with her 14-year-old daughter. She drove all the way from Columbia and she said this. There were newborns, there were toddlers running around. It was a housing event. People didn't expect the gun to be pulled, so they brought their kids. And she said that eventually police showed up, or actually the security showed up and chased him away, and then police from from Kansas City finally showed up and took him uh, away in cuffs. So what was the outcome for most of these people who were waiting in line so long? Did they end up getting vouchers? Most did not get vouchers. At some point early in the morning or right around midday, we're not really sure. Some of the officials came out from the Housing Authority of Kansas City and announced that they were not going to give out any more vouchers. One person reported that they had only given out 12 vouchers. And so many people still wanted to wait in line because they were not only there to get their vouchers, they were there to be screened for the vouchers. That was the primary purpose of this function was to be screened so they could get those vouchers. And many just waited it out. Some just left when they saw the line, but many waited it out. I think one person told me she waited eight hours to get in the door and get screened. And she was only given a notice that they would call her back to get her voucher because they still wanted to do criminal background checks. They still wanted to do more due diligence on these people to get their vouchers. So why are people willing to wait so long for a housing voucher? People are are pretty desperate for housing in this city. I talked with Josh Henges. He's the homeless prevention coordinator for Kansas City. And he told me the wait list for housing vouchers is 14,000 people in Jackson County. And he says there's 
even a shortage of housing in Jackson County, 40,000 units short of what we need in the county to give people the, the, the affordable housing that they need. And so people are pretty desperate. He said, certainly people will get there and they want to take these vouchers. They're anxious to get into housing. They're scared and they're afraid. And that boiled over into a pretty chaotic scene, apparently. What has the housing authority said about why this happened? We've not been able to reach the housing authority. We've made a couple of calls. I've made some emails and I've not been able to get a response from anyone at the housing authority. And how did you hear about this story? One of our reporters, Laura Ziegler, was tipped off early Saturday morning. Some funds she knows tipped her off. And apparently this was making the rounds quite rapidly as other people showed up and got in line. I know when I talked with someone from the Coalition to End Homelessness in Kansas City, they said they were getting emails as well. So the information about these long lines was spreading really fast around town. And people were upset. They were nervous. They, they saw how chaotic it was. And I understand how, how nervous people became when they saw those lines and they saw that this was going to take a lot longer than they expected. That was KCUR reporter Carlos Moreno. Medical equipment like wheelchairs, walkers, or bath chairs can make a dramatic difference in quality of life. But people on Medicaid in Kansas face red tape that can effectively cut them off from the medical equipment they need every day. Samantha Horton of the Kansas News Service reports on how an insurance bureaucracy hurts families. Most evenings, the Hoffmans hang out as a family in their Olathe home. Where's Daddy? Sometimes it's a dance party. Others, it's just reading a book. But Neil and Abby Hoffman make sure their 18-month-old son, Miles, he has chronic lung disease and cerebral palsy, joins in with his three siblings while sitting in his positioning chair. He eats through a G-tube, has a tracheostomy tube in his throat, um, and is is ventilator dependent, so he's basically on life support. But uh, he's doing really well. Um, He's fighting through it all. That's Neil Hoffman. He says that what his son really needs is a standing frame to learn how to stand and build leg muscle. With that, Miles might be able to walk one day. But insurance won't pay. Miles is covered by overlapping plans. His parents' Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas City policy and a second one managed by Aetna from the Kansas Medicaid program called CanCare. Blue Cross says it doesn't cover standing frames. That passes the buck to Aetna. Edna might pay the five dollars to $6,000 for a standing frame, but only after Blue Cross puts its denial in writing. Blue Cross won't. And that leaves Miles in limbo. It would be nice if they just talk to each other and say, hey, we're not going to cover this, so will you? Families across Kansas find themselves in similar bureaucratic dead zones. The long wait times and denials can spoil chances to develop at home, at school, and into productive adults. And in some cases, like Miles, that first step. Doctors, therapists, and advocacy groups say the delays and denials of prescriptions for medical equipment come too often and appear to violate at least the spirit of federal law. Elizabeth Edwards, an attorney with Healthcare Rights Group National Health Law Program, says red tape is costing families life-changing equipment. She says the cases can be complicated. But that doesn't take away from the requirement that people should not be waiting, you know, an extremely long time to get these medically necessary devices. Disability Rights Center of Kansas Executive Director Rocky Nichols says the issue got worse when Kansas privatized CanCare 10 years ago and handed over management to insurance companies. There's been a lot more problems 
it's a lot more difficult for people with disabilities or parents of kids with disabilities uh, to frankly get what's what they need under Medicaid. Federal law is supposed to promise children on Medicaid the equipment they need to thrive. But Alliance Rehab owner Scott Lopez finds himself regularly lobbying to get can care payments for equipment that doctors have prescribed. I've been trying to get a kid a bath chair since July. That bath chair was finally delivered six months later. Lopez says he's seen some progress. We've had some wins. We've had some kids get equipment that I didn't think they'd get. It took a long time. We're getting better at it. Um, the state's getting better at it. Contracts to run CanCare run out at the end of next year. Rocky Nichols with the Disability Rights Center of Kansas says that's a chance for the state to force insurance companies to deny less and pay for medical equipment more quickly. We don't have the right incentives in the contract uh, that the state controls to ensure that things are provided promptly. And the state needs to fix that. The Kansas Department of Health and Environment says it is working to raise reimbursement rates through Medicaid. It did not respond to questions about long wait times and denials. For the Kansas News Service, I'm Samantha Horton. KCUR's Kansas News Service reports on health, the many factors that influence it, and their connection to public policy. Find more at ksnewsservice.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Paris Norvell and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Carlos's story on the Kansas City Housing Authority and Samantha's story on Kansas Medicaid, visit kcur.org, where you can find more reporting on Kansas and Missouri from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Line takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Line wherever you get your podcasts.